study on making a stand with Jesus Christ. Making a stand with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, I've enjoyed doing this study. I've enjoyed studying up for it. And what's amazing to me is like every, every day of the week, there's something new happens out in the world showing that we need to make a stand. And uh, almost proving the points of this Bible study. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, and it's just the Word of God. And if, once you get into the Word of God, that's, that's what you're going to get. Is people acting crazy. And uh, in this world we live in, acting crazy. And uh, we're going we're gonna to make a stand with Jesus Christ. And what I'm trying to do through this Bible study is show you how the Word of God is why you need to make a stand. What you're standing for. And then what's going to happen when you make the stand? That's, where, that's really where we're going to get deep into it. Philippians chapter 1, we'll be there at verse uh, 27. Verse 27, let me go to the Lord in prayer. The Heavenly Father, Lord, we just love you so much, Father. Lord, we pray, Father, that as we come and open up your word, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will lead God and direct us into all truth, Lord, that Jesus Christ will be glorified and lifted up in every way. Lord, help us to understand, this, understand Lord, what we need, how we need to make a stand, where we need to make a stand, Lord, how to make a stand, Lord, help us to understand these things out of your word, Lord. And I pray, Father, you bless all these people that came out this night. Tonight, Lord God, a lot of them worked all day long, Lord. And, I, Father, I pray you write them in your book of remembrance. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. So, Philippians chapter 1. So, to give you a review, to give you a review, I'm doing this study on making a stand with Jesus Christ. And what we first learned is we're going to learn seven things out of this study. We're going to learn why Jesus has you stand, what you are standing for. Standing brings persecution, the benefits of persecution. Yeah, there's benefits in being persecuted for Jesus Christ. The forms of persecution you should be looking for when you get persecuted. The reason that you're being persecuted. And then finally, we'll look at the solution to all of this persecution you're going to get for making a stand with Jesus Christ. So basically, if you're, under, if you're listening to what I'm saying, you're going to need to make a stand for Jesus Christ. You will get persecuted. Now what do I do? That's basically the three parts of this, to this study. And I'm breaking it down into sevens. Now, the first thing we learned was why Jesus has you make a stand. And Jesus has you make a stand for two reasons. One, to prove something. Or two, to do something. We found that out. He's either going to have you stand to prove something, prove something to the world, prove something to yourself, or prove something to the devil, like Job. Or he's going to have you stand, and most of the time this is what he's going to do, he's going to have you stand just to do something. He's going to have you stand to be a testimony. Have you stand up to give a witness. Have you stand up to tell somebody about Jesus Christ, to, to preach the gospel. He's going, to have you do this stand, he's going to have you stand to do that. So what are we standing for? And we, what we did last week, we went through about three of these. There's four of these. What we're standing for, we found out last week, we're standing for the faith. That was 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Secondly, we found out we're standing for liberty. The freedom that we have in Jesus Christ, that's worth standing for. And in, in this day and age that we're living in, in this country, with the way the country starts thinking, somebody, somebody gets a, a, a cut on their finger and then we've got to shut everything down and be scared of everything. You know, I don't live in fear. I don't want to live in fear. Now, I'm, 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 not talking about not, I'm not talking about having common sense. I'm not talking about if you want to wear a mask, God bless you, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, well, God bless you, don't wear a mask. But I'm not living in fear. I'm not going to live. I have freedom in Jesus Christ. I love my liberty I have in Jesus Christ. I'm more afraid of losing my liberty than to give up my liberty for you to take it from me. 
I think we have a great man named Patrick that said, give me liberty or give me death. We live in a country like, oh, you can have my liberty. Now can I have my stimulus check? No. Get, go to work. Amen. Man, I pulled this guy over and was talking. Uh, this older man came out. You know, I knew he had wisdom because he's an old man. He came out with a coffee mug in his hand. I'm like, now here comes some wisdom right up here. And he walks up and he goes, what are you doing, man? I said, well, I was picking up your stuff right here. He goes, this country's in bad shape, isn't it? I said, yes, yes, sir, it is. It's in real bad shape. He's not going to get any better. I'm like, no, sir. No, it's not going to. And then he starts ranting and raving about everything. And I, I was like, well, I, I got I to gotta get going. I can't repeat half of what he said, but wisdom. Wisdom. You know what he was complaining about mainly? Liberty. We've lost liberty. He's worried about that. He's worried about us not having the liberty anymore. The third thing we found out, and this is where we closed last Wednesday, is standing for biblical traditions. We're standing for biblical traditions. We need to make a stand for what this Bible says, even when it goes against the world. And guess what happens? 99 times out of 100, it's going to go against the world, and the world don't like it. Jesus Christ says that, this is what Jesus Christ said, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination to God. That's what he said, so get ready for that. So we need to stand up for what this Bible says. We're still Bible believers, amen. And finally, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, this is the last one of what we're standing for. Verse 27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together. What are you standing for? For the faith of the gospel. So the fourth thing I want to show you, you know, we're standing for faith, for liberty, for biblical traditions. The fourth thing I want to show you is we're standing to proclaim the gospel message of Jesus Christ. If there's any reason on that list of those four, if you have any reason, that should be the reason to make a stand. I'm going to make a stand and I'm going to tell you about Jesus Christ. Well, you are offending me. Well, get offended and get over it. You're going to hear about Jesus Christ. You don't mind shoving your views in my face. You don't mind waving your flags in my face. You don't mind telling me how I should feel. You don't mind telling me how I should think. You don't mind telling me how I should speak. I'm getting kind of sick of it. I don't know about you guys. I don't like people telling me what to think. I don't like people telling me how to say it. So I don't mind getting to somebody's face. Hey, you need Jesus Christ. Your Lord. You're offending me. Hey, well, let the blind lead the blind. They both fall in the ditch. That's what Jesus said. Listen. It's high time that Christians wake up and start spreading the gospel message of Jesus Christ. If we're not spreading the gospel message of Jesus Christ, what are we doing? Are we, is this a social club? Is this a place for us to get together and see what somebody's dressed like, see what somebody's been doing out on the ranch, out on the farm, get together every week and kind of have a, a social gathering and then walk out the door and forget about Jesus Christ, forget about the gospel, forget about the Bible? Uh-uh! <laughs> That's not what I'm up here for. I'm up here to see people saved. And sometimes we've got to make a stand for that. It's not easy. The world don't like it. When you make a stand, the world can't stand that. That's what I wrote down here. When you make a stand, the world can't stand that. They, they can't stand it. So, those are the four things we're standing for. Let's move on. Let's move on. The third thing about st making a stand with Jesus Christ, standing brings persecution. 
2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. When you make a stand for Jesus Christ, get ready, you will, you will be persecuted. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. When you make a stand for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and He will ask you to stand. If you're any kind of Christian at all, the Holy Spirit in you will, will there'll be a time when the Lord will say, do this. Give out a tract. Give out a gospel tract. Tell them about me. Invite them to church. Uh, tell them you don't think that's right. Tell them what the Bible says. You know, some people, they know how, there's people, brothers and sisters, there's people in y'all's lives that are never going to crack, crack open a Bible not one time in their life. And they're never going to read it, and they're never going to look at it. They don't care. And sometimes they need somebody just to tell them what the Bible says. And if somebody asks you a question about what the Bible says, are you ready to give an answer? Well, it's called making a stand. And what you're going to find out, when you crack open this Bible and start telling people what the Bible says, it goes against what they want to believe. Listen, this Bible goes against what I want to believe. You think I like everything that's in this thing? It goes against me. It rubs me the wrong way. You know what Billy Sunday said? There was Billy Sunday, great preacher. Turn of the century, was a great baseball player, became a great preacher, preached on booze every chance he got. They hated him. Hey, they hated Billy Sunday. I always out to try to kill Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday was preaching and he got to where he was rubbing people the wrong way. And boy, they were threatening to kill him. And so finally came up there and they, they, a bunch of men confronted Billy Sunday and said, uh, Mr. Sunday, you're rubbing people the wrong way. He goes, well, you know what I know? If you're rubbing the cat the wrong way, that cat needs to turn around. <laughs> See, it drives it home when you, when you think of it as a cat. Amen? Like, right, cat, stupid cat, turn around if you don't like it. That's how he felt. Hey, I'm preaching the truth. If you don't like it, turn around. There's a lot, hey, there's a great illustration there. If you'll turn around, repent. Repent back to God. You won't be so offended. Hey, that's the message that Jesus preached. That's the first words out of Jesus Christ. The very first words Jesus Christ preached when he, when he started his ministry wasn't, I love you guys. I love you. Come here, let me give you a hug. He didn't come out and say, hey, look how bright my teeth are. Come here and give me a love offering. That's not what Jesus Christ said. Have y'all bought my latest book on Amazon? What did Jesus Christ say? The very first thing Jesus Christ said, Repent! Repent! The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent! John the Baptist, repent! There's nothing wrong with telling people, hey, you need to turn. There's a way that seemeth right in a man, but the ends thereof are death. There's nothing wrong with quoting that verse. That's just what the... You know, I don't like that. Hey, that's just what the Bible says. There's been plenty of times where I've told somebody something, they don't like it, and I'll say, I'm going to take it up. That's just what the Bible says. Let the Bible work on them. You don't have, hey, I don't have to take, I'm not taking this shoulder of burden. God is. Amen. Jesus Christ is. I'm making a stand not by myself. Remember, we're making a stand with Jesus Christ. You're never alone. Ever. What I'm trying to tell you is, when you make a stand with Jesus Christ, and if you're standing with the Bible, you're going to be standing with Jesus Christ. If you make a stand with Jesus Christ, you and Jesus Christ are always the majority. <laughs> no matter how many people are out there, no matter how many people are against you, the media, your friends, your family, when you make a stand with Jesus Christ, just don't worry, you're the majority. 
2 Timothy 3.12. Yea, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus, Jesus shall suffer persecution. Are you living for Jesus Christ? Well, I'm trying, Pastor. Well, I got some news for you. You're going to suffer persecution. If you try to live a godly life in Jesus Christ, it doesn't say might suffer persecution. It says maybe suffer persecution. It says you shall suffer persecution. If you've never been persecuted for your faith, you're not living much of your faith. Can I get an amen for that? No? Okay. okay. Well, the truth is, if you're not living a godly life in Jesus Christ, if you're living a godly life in Jesus Christ, you will suffer persecution. That's what the Word of God just said there. Yea, and all. Not some of y'all trying to fly under the radar and think, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get persecuted. Now, persecution doesn't necessarily mean you got flogged, you got whipped, you got spit on, you got beat up. I'm, persecution comes in different forms, amen? Maybe you didn't get that promotion at work. Maybe, somebody, maybe a friend stopped calling you. Maybe a friend stopped inviting you over. I made a stand years ago about alcohol. And a lot, everybody knows me, knows I don't, I don't drink. Everybody knows me, I, don't get, I try not to get around drinking. And I have a lot, I've had family members, I've had different friends of mine, dear friends of mine, that I found out they were out at the lake hanging out. And I found out like weeks later, and it hurt my feelings, and I'm like, why didn't they invite me? Why didn't they invite me? And it really did hurt my feelings, and then I figured it out. They want to be out there drinking. They don't want me around because then they feel guilty. And then they feel like I don't want to be out there. It's just this big rigmarole. I'm like, well, I can, I don't, I'll come out. I don't, I'm not going to drink. I'll come out and hang out. I just want to come out and talk to y'all. I'm not going to be drinking, but I'll come out and hang out. No, we don't want the pastor here. It's a, it's a conviction. That's a form of persecution, amen? Maybe you don't see it that way. I do because I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting to go hang out. But I'm hanging out. I'd rather hang out with Jesus Christ and be right than to not make a stand with Jesus Christ and not live a godly life. Now, that's your choice. Amen? These are not things I'm forcing you into. These are not things I'm saying, you've got to do this. I'm just telling you, showing you what the Word of God says and say, hey, if you will make a stand, you're going to find out there's some great things that come with that. But you need to understand you will be persecuted. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, get ready. Anybody who makes a stand for Jesus Christ, you'll get it. You're going to get it. But it's worth it. It's worth it. I mean, you won't, it don't, don't sound like it. We're going to go through some verses. You're going to say, I don't want no part of that. Hey, I'm right there with you. I don't want no part of the persecution either. I just, I just want to sit on the boat. I just want to go through life. I want to be left alone. I want to leave people alone. And I just want to go on, live my life. But guys... That's fine and dandy. It sounds like a good thing. And I've tried to do that sometimes, maybe to a fault. And Lord, forgive me. Maybe to a fault. When I could have made a stand with Jesus Christ, I didn't. There's times where I should have said something and I didn't. But there's some times where you're sitting down sometimes. I don't know if y'all like this. And you're like, you know what? I've had just about up to here of this. And you just got to make a stand. And the way this country's going, I'm getting right about right up here. And they keep, they keep poking the bear, poking the bear, poking the bear. And they expect us just to roll over and go, oh, I'm a Christian, just keep, keep sticking me, I'm a Christian. Well, there's some, well, some of us are going to stand up and roar like a lion. 
with Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm not expecting every, not everybody in here has that militant kind of attitude like I do where I'm, I want to be a troublemaker and everything. But guys, there's some times you can make a stand in, certain, in, in subtle ways that for you is a big stand. And between you and Jesus Christ, he's going to bless you immensely. Immensely. For little bitty things. Look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. This is Paul. Look what Paul had to say about his life as a Christian. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Here's Paul's life as a Christian. Are they ministers of Christ? Because some people were bragging about how they were ministers of Christ and they, they were doing all this stuff for Jesus Christ. Look what Paul said. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. He's, he says that because he's about to brag. He says, I'm speaking as a fool because he's about to tell you everything that's happened to him. I speak as a fool. I am more. Why? In labors, more abundant. He's been doing a whole lot more for Christ. In stripes, above measure. Paul was beat. In prisons, more frequent. Paul was thrown in prison a lot. And deaths oft. <laughs> he just said he died a couple of times. He was stoned. We're going to read this. He's had all kind, Paul had all kinds of things happen to him. The Lord brought him back. Look at 24. Of the Jews, five times received I, 40 stripes, save one. Five times. Five times he was whipped, 39 times. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Three times he was beaten with rods. Would you like to be beat with a rod? Okay, let me, but my point I want to make to you American Christians, because I'm talking to all Americans here. None of this stuff has happened to you. So it's really pathetic for us to cry and whine. Like, oh, I know, I, I'm afraid I'll get persecuted. What kind of persecution? They won't allow me to go to the lake with them. You see how sniveling I sound? I sound like a crybaby. Real persecution is what Paul's dealing with. Brothers and sisters, there's Christians in China, in India, in Iran, Iraq, Africa. They're getting beat. They're getting whipped. They're getting killed on a daily basis. The most persecuted people in the world are Christians. The media don't like to tell you that. They want to focus on race. They want to talk about race. But the truth is, the religion that's persecuted more than any other religion is the Christian religion. That's a, that's a fact. That's not an argument. That's not, oh, I think it is. That's a fact. And we're lucky here in America. But as a lot of preachers say, and I believe it, and I preach it from this pulpit a lot of times, that persecution that China and Iran and they're getting... It's coming our way. It's already starting to come this way. Right? Did they arrest a pastor down in Florida for opening his church? They most certainly did. Well, it was COVID. He should have kept it shut. Oh, I thought we had liberty in Jesus Christ. I thought we could... Well, he needs to have common sense. Well, I didn't think liberty had anything to do with common sense. I thought liberty was liberty. Well, the truth's... Like I had one guy tell me, Well, the truth's the truth. <laughs> Your truth is the truth. My truth is the truth. What is truth? That's what Pilate asked. What is truth? Sanctify them with thy word. Thy word. Jesus said, thy word is truth. This is truth. So if God says, get together, assemble together, and worship, that's what I'm going to do. 
Now, we might wear masks. We might social distance. We might try to do everything we can to be safe. I'm not saying I don't believe in COVID. We know COVID. A lot of us in here have had COVID and gotten over it. But the point is, let me live like I want to live. Don't these same people come up and say to you when you talk about abortion, it's my body, my choice. My body, my choice. If I want to kill my baby, it's my choice. My body, my choice. So that's what you say when they ask you about your mask and your COVID thing. It's my body, my choice. I want to get COVID. My body, my choice. Are you crazy, Pastor? I'm telling you, it's my body, my choice. Liberty! That's a beautiful word. And we've lost it. Paul says, I was beat with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. And journeyings often in perils of waters. And perils of robbers. And perils by my own countrymen. And perils by the heathen. And perils in the city. And perils in the wilderness. And perils in the sea. And perils among false brethren. Man, that's a lot of perils. <laughs> Amen. I thought us Baptists had it bad. <laughs> Woo! He can't even trust his own brethren. Can't trust his own countrymen. That sounds a lot like America I'm living in today. In weariness and painfulness. You ever come to church with a sore back? Ever come to church with a headache? Ever come to church not feeling good? Ever? In, in weariness and painfulness. And watchings often. In hunger and thirst. Any of y'all go hungry or thirsty? I don't think y'all do. Not on purpose, Amen. I mean, on purpose, if it did, you're doing a diet or something like that. The point is, guys, we are so spoiled. It's so amazing. All of us are going to get in cars, drive home. If we want to have ice cream, we'll have it in the freezer. We're going to sit and watch TV, and then we're going to complain about some little bit of nothing. After we came to church, after we came to church, after we had a Bible in our hands, and will y'all hear that? A lot of y'all were. Will y'all hear when I showed that video in China where they got those Bibles? They snuck those Bibles into the Chinese and they opened them up in that box and they just ran and they were pushing each other to get those Bibles out of the boxes. And those, those Chinese Christians were holding the Bibles like this and they were just weeping and crying because they got the Word of God. And here in America, they're sitting on a shelf, dust. God's going to judge us. He's going to judge us. Lord, forgive us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. And we, we complain about some of the silliest stuff. In hunger and thirst and fastings often in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Paul says, on top of all of that, I've got to take care of all these churches. Who is weak? And I'm not weak. Who is offended? And I burn not. He's saying, hey, when one of y'all get offended, I, I'm right there with you. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to try to help you out. If you're weak, I want to help you out. In other words, when somebody's hurt, he gets hurt. He's, he cares. Isn't that a wonderful thing? A brother or sister that cares for you? A brother or sister in Christ that cares? Amen. Amen. That's, that's a, if you don't know what that's like, find somebody who don't. And you'll appreciate your friends, your real friends. Then when you say, hey man, I'm having trouble at home, my wife, blah, 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 and your friend's like, oh, you get over it. Let's go drink it, come on. <laughs> or you have that friend that says, hey brother, hey, I'll be praying for you. What can I do to help you? Man, I just need somebody to talk to. Let's talk, man. Let's get some. 
I'm, I'm sick of this, man. I'm going to go out and party. No, don't go party. Come on, let's, come on. Let's, let's just hang out. That's a real friend. And we take it for granted. If, I'm in, if I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. See, I'm glorifying in all this. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. He's not lying about any of this stuff, even though it sounds almost unbelievable. Verse 32, In Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king, kept the city of the Damascenes with a garrison, desires to apprehend me. And through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. He's always running for his life. Have you run, have you run for your life lately? I haven't. Maybe I haven't made a strong enough stand for Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, in this country, we think persecution is when somebody gives us a bad look or says, I don't like you anymore. That's persecution to us. This is persecution. This is persecution. But guys, I'm showing you all this, but I'm, get, I'm, 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 I'm trying to encourage you by saying this. The Bible's going to show us, if you'll be here next Wednesday, we'll get to that part. The Bible's going to show us it's blessings upon blessings upon blessings to be with Jesus Christ, make a stand with Jesus Christ, and to get persecuted. Now, it's hard to understand, but that's the oxymoron of Christianity, isn't it? Christ says, you want a life? Yeah, give it away. Somebody do something to you? Yeah, don't pay them back. Huh? Somebody makes you go a mile? Yeah, I have had to go a mile. Go, go two miles. This goes against everything that's in us. But once you do it, you find out, whoa, it really does feel good to forgive somebody. Whoa, it really is more blessed to give than to receive. Man, I went the extra mile and, yeah. There's a joy, there's a joy. Look at Hebrews 11. But before you get to that joy, you've got to be persecuted. The cross always comes before the crown. The cross always comes before the crown. Before you get the crown, you must have the cross. So many Christians, they want the, they want the crown without the cross. They want to be a Christian. They want all the goody-goody stuff that comes with being a Christian. And there's a lot of good stuff that comes with being a Christian. But they don't want the crown. Well, guess what's happening in America? Now there's coming a cross with it. To be a Christian now, used to use, it's all crowns. Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm everybody. But now that Christianity is starting to get this evil cloud over it, where the media says, well, they, they believe this about homosexuality. They're hate mongers. They believe this. They're just out to get your money. And they're all, then they're thinking, well, this Christianity is a little uncomfortable. I don't think I'm going to go to church as much anymore. I think I won't be mentioning at work that I'm a Christian. I for sure won't be mentioning Jesus Christ. And I, and before long, you just have Christians that sit down and like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. It's not worth it. And they don't realize that if you'll make a stand for Jesus Christ, that's when life begins. <laughs> Real life begins. I promise you. Now, you might not believe me right now, but make a stand for Jesus Christ, and I want you to come back and say, hey, I made a stand for Jesus Christ. I, that's the worst thing I ever did. It's never going to happen. Every stand I've made for Jesus Christ, every stand I've made for Jesus Christ, God's blessed me. I'm not just talking about the joy you get. Guys, God has blessed me financially. God has blessed me physically, health-wise, and more importantly, mentally. 
The worst thing that could happen to me is not my health, it's my mental health. And when the Lord blesses me and I have a clear conscience, oh man, sleep is so good. (laughs) Sleep is so good when you're doing what, what the Lord wants you to do. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33. Some of y'all looking at me like he is crazy out of his mind. I don't believe a word he's saying. What is he talking about? What what I'm talking about is is the Christian life that Americans have forgotten about. For about 100 years, Christians have been living it and living off the cream of what happened before in the 1600s where the persecution that brought the pilgrims over here to America. And we had the pilgrims come over here to America, and those strong Christians with those strong Christian values, they established America, and now for about 200 years, America's, we've been living off the cream. Well, all that's dried up. And Christians think, well, I don't have to work for this. Yeah, we've got to work for it. We've been, we're running out of gas. Verse 33, who through faith, this is talking about all these people that have lived for the Lord in the Old Testament, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. All this is great stuff. Good stuff. Deliverance. Look at verse 34. Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. These are all descriptions of people who made a stand for the Lord God and got away with it. And there's a lot of stories in there. Daniel in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Great, amazing stories, right? We all know those. We learned those in, 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 in Sunday school. Quench the violence of fire. Escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Wax valiant in fight. That'd be Gideon. Turn to f- flight the armies of the aliens. That's most of half the Old Testament. Women received their dead raised to life again. Y'all read those stories in the Old Testament. It's amazing. But the others. Nobody wants to talk about the others. The middle of verse 35. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder. That, that is the, sawn asunder, that's the testimony of Isaiah. The, the, we don't have that in the Bible, but according to tradition, Isaiah was cut in half. The prophet Isaiah. Were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. See, we only think about the Old Testament. We think, we, we think about all those stories in the Old Testament, and that's why they're in the Old Testament. That's why they're written down in there, because there are miracles. And God showed up in a mighty way, but God didn't always show up and they died. What do you do then? You keep on believing. Amen? Uh, You got to. Faith, real faith, is not believing enough that you're going to make God heal you. Or believing enough you're going to make God do what you want to do. Real faith is when God doesn't do what you want Him to do. And you're like Job and you say, Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. I just trust Him. Of whom the world was not worthy... They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I think when I first got started, I talked about the Canadian pastor 
in Canada where they came in, they try to, sh <laughs> they have all these COVID restrictions in Canada. They try to come in and shut his church down. And as soon as they walked in, and there's, it's a video, you can go on YouTube. There she is. She comes in there, the health inspector, she has cops with her, and he's like, get out, get out, 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 Nazis. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. And they crawfished out and they crawled out. Well, they tried to come again. On, I think either after Easter, a couple weeks after, they came in again. He did the same thing. He ran them out of the church. Get out, get out. And I, a couple of weeks ago, I, what was I doing? I was praising him, right? Man, yeah. That's, make a stand, brother. Make a stand. We got a, we got a pastor up in Canada that's making a stand. Well, guess what happened? He left church. This last Sunday, got in his car, got on the highway, and about five of them. Woo! The Canadian Gestapo were smart this time. Instead of breaking into and swarming Canadian pastor Arthur Pulaski's church, as they previously did during an Easter weekend service, only be appropriately shamed and heckled out of place. This time, the Canadian, he calls him Gestapo, waited until after Saturday services to arrest Pulaski and did so on a public highway. They treated him like he was Scarface. Multiple officers and at least four police cruisers were involved. Pulaski was arrested for violating Canada's uh, anti-science laws against gathering during the coronavirus outbreak. These restrictions were in place in Canada and in many places here in the U.S. despite the fact fully open states like Texas and Florida allow people to go back to normal and have done so while keeping their China virus cases in line with lockdown states. The arrest of Pulaski and his brother occurred just days after Canada's health Gestapo. He obtained a court of Queen's bench order that applies to gatherings, including protests, demonstrations, and rallies. So they went and they got a special court order so they could arrest this guy because he's gathering people together. This guy writing this article says this. The order imposes new restrictions on organizers of protests and demonstrations requiring compliance with public health orders, including masking, physical distancing, attendance limits. You're going to have so many people. This is what this guy wrote. Yeah, let's see what happens when the domestic terrorists in the Canadian branch of Black Lives Matter decide to get together again. That's right. And as soon as they start, the Black Lives Matter group gets together, and they start protesting, the cops won't show up one bit and arrest nobody. They're burning, they're burning buildings down and they're not arresting half of them. And if they do, they just get out. Just, just, don't even, just, y'all break it up. They don't even show up and try to break it up. But they arrest this pastor. All because he said, I'm having church and you're not shutting me down. Get out. This is Canada. Just right above us. This stuff's coming. Amen. Are you ready? Canada has become so openly fascist that Pulaski is the second pastor arrested. I heard about this. He's the second pastor arrested by the Canadian Gestapo. Back in February, the Canadian Gestapo arrested Reverend James Coates of Grace Life Church of Edmonton after he turned himself in. His crime was the same, holding church services. Standing brings persecution. But it's worth every bit of it. Because when you're standing with Jesus Christ, you know what's going on up in heaven? Rewards. 
I saw the video of them arresting him. They had him hogged out. He wouldn't move his legs. So they grabbed him up by his legs. They grabbed him up by his arms. They have him, and they're carrying him along. And I'm thinking up in heaven, it's just cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching as the rewards of being cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. Guys, I know a lot of us, how, a lot of us lived a pretty rotten life before we received Jesus Christ. I'm speaking for myself. Some of y'all have been, have been good all your life. Me, not so much. I got a lot of catching up to do. So I made a big fool of myself for a lot of different reasons when I was a kid. When I was a young man, I, I made a stupid fool of myself in front of so many people for a lot of stupid reasons. For once, I would like just to make a fool of myself for Jesus Christ and not be ashamed. You know, I shame my mama. I shame my aunt and my uncle, cousins, friends. I mean, they didn't really want to even associate with me. I'd love to just do something and say, you know what, at least I know Jesus Christ is going to be happy about it. Will it bring persecution? Well, yeah. See this book right here? It's called The Martyr's Mirror. It's about a thousand, it's over, it's about 1,100 pages. It's page after page after page after page of people who stood up for Jesus Christ and died for it. This is not Fox's book of martyrs. <laughs> That's another total different book. This is the martyr's mirror. And this is just for about a couple of hundred years. In the year 1528, Brother Hans Slaffer, a formerly a Roman priest, but afterwards a teacher of the word and gospel of Christ, a highly gifted man, was apprehended at Swartz in the valley of the inn, and with him another brother. They tried him greatly with many severe tortures and disputed with him through the priest about infant baptism. And to break, to break this down, he, they basically said, why are you not baptizing children? Why are you teaching against baptizing children? He said, because I have the Word of God. That's why I'm not a Catholic priest anymore. I read the Word of God. I read the Word of God. They put him on trial. They accused him. And after this and other things, when he had been in prison for some time, they threw him in prison. It could not be moved. They couldn't, make him they couldn't make him convert back. They couldn't make him deny Jesus Christ and the Word of God. He and his fellow prisoner and brother were condemned to death and executed with the sword at swords. That's what this is. This whole book's full of this stuff. That, I just, before we came to church, I just opened this up, picked that one, and said, I'll read that one. That's the one I wanted to read tonight. This, it's full of it. It's over and over. You know, he, before he died, he wrote, the, he wrote a long letter, basically glorifying Jesus Christ. And one, in this letter, he said, The world is blinded, does not know the Christian life, abominates it, flees the cross, and thinks it is enough if they can talk finally of the Christian life, but do little indeed. Wow. So many people talk about being a Christian, but when it comes to getting persecuted, they're like, I'm no Christian. I think Richard Rembrandt said, there's, there's truly people that believe that they believe in God. There's people that truly believe that they believe in God and don't find out until they get persecuted that they don't truly believe in what they believe. See, what persecution does is it shows you what you really believe. 
is what the world says, put your money where your mouth's at. You know, a lot of us run our mouth, a lot of us talk about Christ, but are you willing to be that living sacrifice that the Lord wants? Uh, it's coming. But it's going to be worth it. Guys, I know this has like been a downer message. You're like, man, Brother Keegan, I don't know if I even, I think I'm going to renounce Christ. I mean, hey, don't do anything crazy like that. Listen, he's worth it. You want to go to heaven? Yeah. Well, he took all of that at the cross. He took the beating. He took the whip. He, anything that happens to you, Christ had to happen to him. He's worthy of it. And the crown is worthy of it. Man, there's stories in there. I'm not, I don't have time. We're just in closing. There's stories in there of people being burned at the cross, being burned at the stake for not confessing. And they were singing hymns as they were being burned at the cross. And the testimony was it looked like that the flames weren't even touching them. They were singing and shouting as the flames were burning them. And the only explanation is the Holy Spirit. The Lord God with them. And guys, we have the Lord God with us. And no matter what they do to us, and they can do anything, Christ says, they can kill your body, but they can't do nothing to your soul. You need to fear Him that can kill your body and cast your soul into hell. Fear ye Him. It's worth it. And next Wednesday, we're going to look at the benefits. You don't believe it, but we're going to look at the benefits of all of this persecution, what it does. And it does. We've got a lot of benefits coming from it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for my salvation in Jesus Christ, Lord. I thank you that I live in a country that I'm not persecuted, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord. I thank you, Father, that I can come in and preach and teach, Lord God. We can read your word, Lord. We're not worried about somebody coming in here and arresting us, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. And Father... I pray you help us to keep these doors open. Help us to keep the liberty we need to be able to get this gospel uh, message out to a lost and dying world, Lord God. We're going to keep lifting up Jesus Christ. We're going to keep glorifying the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, because we know, Father, you'll bless that. And, Father, we want to pray for this pastor, Lord God, that was rested up in Canada, Lord. I pray, Father, you'll give him the, the guts. And, and, and through your Holy Spirit, Lord God, he can keep making that stand for you, Lord God, and show that it, it, he's, he, he has the liberty to do what he needs to do, Lord. And Father, I pray, Lord God, you give him joy in the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray if there's somebody, somebody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, maybe they've never received him. They just hear about him, Lord. Maybe they believe they believe. But they don't know for sure if they were to die tonight, Lord, they'd go to heaven, Lord. I pray, Father, when we give the invitation that we come on down here and we'll open up a Bible, Lord, and we'll show them out of your word the truth of how they can be saved. And I thank you, Lord, for these people, Lord. I pray you bless them, give them travel mercies home. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, amen. amen. Let's have a real quick invitation, Brother Matt, and then we'll get out of here. If the, if the Lord's laid something on your heart, you can come on down. The prayer altar's always open. You're welcome to come on down. If you need to get saved, come on down, and we'll open up a Bible and show you how to get saved. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God.
So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him